Welcome back to the MGO Fish Podcast. I'm your host, David Arnold. With me, as always, Stephen Asentoski. Stephen, Michigan 1-0 this year. 40-21 to victory over Middle Tennessee State University. I think we've got a lot to talk about. It seems like fans certainly think they have a lot to talk about. Um, yes. A lot, lot of opinions <laughs> flowing one way or the other. You know, good offense, bad offense. Josh Gaddis, good. One-yard line plays, not good. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We've got a lot to talk about. It's going to be a fun yeah, time. Yeah, we do. Steven, yeah. you find you on Twitter at Steven, or Steven Toski. Right? You got it. Okay, okay. Tell me your thoughts on the day. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of surreal. I was just in a bar in northern Michigan. We went, we always go to a, a bar up on Mullet Lake uh, for Labor Day and watch a game. So it was a, always a fun setting to watch a game. It was surreal. Again, I, I think I mentioned it last week. It, it didn't feel like it was football season, and then I was watching it. And, uh, you know, lots of lots of recruits you follow for a long time are, are playing out there. So, and, so Mullet Lake... Yeah. Business property in the front, <laughs> uh, the party you, you, deck in the back. If you don't have a mullet while you're on the lake, they uh, <laughs> they will shave your head to fit the the mullet there standard. Yes, no, it's it's a good lake. It's one of the one of the better lakes in Michigan. I, I recommend it if you're ever up in Sheboygan, Sheboygan, Sheboygan Michigan. Yes, yes. Right. it's a good it's a good time. But no, I mean overall the game. Um, it was exciting at times. Um, I think it was. It, it showed a lot. I think it, it showed a lot of promise. Lots of frustration. It seemed like Michigan was right on the cusp of breaking away at, at a couple different points in the game and just kind of let Middle Tennessee in this kind of purgatory state where they're not getting blown out, but they're not really, you know, viable to to make a run at the game or, or even you know compete really too closely. So it was. It was. Uh, a mixed bag, I would say, but lots of encouraging signs. Well, the whole first quarter was just like, <laughs> guys, can, can we just, can we just enjoy the moment for a minute? I know, because the football team, <laughs> it's just, it's just the way of the Michigan fan. I don't even blame <laughs> fans for it because I was feeling it too. Oh yeah. But like very first play of the game from scrimmage when Shea you know fumbles the ball, Middle Tennessee yep. gets it. It's like. <sighs> this is so deflating. Like I'm not, yep. I'm not mad. I'm not nervous. I'm just deflated. Yeah. Then Middle Tennessee State scores. I'm just a weird play. I'm not like mad. A penalty. Yeah. I'm not angry. I'm just deflated. Yeah. It's like, like uh, how the, else would it start? <laughs> the only thing I can compare it to is like, you ever had friends? You text and you're like, hey, let's go out to this bar tonight. Let's do it. Yep. You, know, yep. you, you text at like noon, and then you accidentally like 7 p.m. are gonna meet them for drinks like eight. You fall asleep, yep. take a nap until like 10 o'clock. Yep. At that point, you wake up at 10. They're like, hey, we're out. Come on out still. And you're like, damn, like my my night's been ruined. It hasn't even started yep. yet. And it's just yep. deflating. Yeah, yep. okay. Yeah, There's yeah. just no way, no way to salvage, you know. You're just like, well, I waited eight eight months for this offense, and I'm excited about it. And then it's just like, nope, let's wait for a <laughs> touchdown, and then <laughs> we'll try again. And luckily – uh, you know, they got back on pace. But, but yeah, I feel you. I feel you. So for the way that thing started, I mean, if you just take away that one drive, yeah, and and you let it be zero to zero or seven nothing, and you just start the game seven nothing. I mean, Michigan yep. played an amazing game. You know, yep. mi- minus a Shea Patterson fumble and minus a Lavert Hill muff punt slash like freebie interception touchdown yeah. drop. I mean, he must have like a broken pinky or something <laughs> to drop those passes. Um. Right, to drop both of those. Yeah. Uh, 
Shea Patterson had a great night, and I thought the offense looked amazing. You know, if you take away the Shea Patterson fumble and you take away the plays where Dylan McCaffrey and Shea Patterson are both on the football field, yep. which I just chalked that up to Josh Gaddis's first time ever calling plays and trying to get too cute, mm-hmm. and it's something he'll get over, right? If anything, yep. you put that on tape, so when you play against Michigan State, maybe you have an actual naturally efficient play to run with those two but if not yeah. it's on tape it failed put it away right um take yeah. away take away those three or four plays and Shea went 17 for 29 203 yards passing uh three touchdowns zero interceptions i mean a fantastic night for him yeah uh, what, what are your thoughts on Shea's Shea's night overall yeah i mean you read that stat line just like you did 17 29 you know three touchdowns zero picks Anyone who reads that just says, wow, that's a pretty efficient day. You know, maybe maybe the incompletions are a bit high there. Uh, but, you know, going back and watching the game again, there are three or four passes that are either uh, surely right there and maybe just like, you know, a fingertip away from being a, a big catch or just a straight up drop. So, yeah. you know, you add three or four of those that are either just right there that you know you can chalk you can surely chalk up to like first game um you know maybe not a super crisp route you know anything like that but 21 for 29 and you're talking wow that's you know you're surely 150 passer rating or uh, above that if he wasn't already i haven't looked uh at his actual passer rating but i mean even 17 29 without context is good you add the context of you know sometimes he was pressured a bit um you know mill tennessee state was very blitz heavy so they're very blitz heavy yeah i'll tell you their defensive backs were mugging the yeah. heck out of the wide receivers i mean there, there were multiple calls against the defensive backfield but also you know there were plays that were not called on the pressures i can, a lot of the pressures had to be chalked up to i mean probably defensive holding on the wide receiver uh, on the defensive backs there um yeah. th- that was their game plan you know blitz and make them you know throw uh pony flags Right. And I, effective. Yeah. Yeah. I just looked it up. Shea Patterson's rating was 151.8. Uh, so, I mean, that's a good that's a good quarterback uh, rating. PFF right there. rated him as the best conference quarterback this weekend. Yeah. yeah. He graded it's, it's out, nuts. you know, even Justin Fields scoring four touchdowns, uh, even with Brandon Peters throwing for four touchdowns. Yeah. Which, go, Brandon, go. That's an awesome story. Yeah. If, if you want to know how successful and how great our quarterback room is, yeah, you know Brandon Peters transferring to Illinois and doing that, even even though it's against Akron. Yeah, doesn't matter, man. It, it, I'm I'm happy for him to show out, and um, yeah, I know there's and we can talk about it a little bit, but Dylan McCaffrey showed you know some great wheels. He had he was two for two for 17 yards, so you know he didn't have a whole lot of involvement in the passing offense, but um, I think it just shows he's he's too good to keep off the field. But anyone thinking there's uh, any sort of quarterback controversy or that anyone other than Shea Patterson should be starting um, needs to, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to politely say it, but take a step back. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Off the edge. Could you imagine those people calling for Dylan McCaffrey if they were anything more than a child during the Tom Brady, Drew Henson days? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. it would have been insufferable. <laughs> it would have been insufferable. Yes. Um, Totally. We we have an all-conference quarterback in Shea Patterson, and we probably have an all-conference quarterback in Dylan McCaffrey. And yeah. That's that's a beautiful thing to have. And guess what? Dylan is going to have two more years after this year. Yep. Um, 
it's Shay's turn right now, and Shay has earned the right to have that turn. And we're getting to the point where we're people, not we, people are picking apart every single pass Shay throws. So if yep. a pass is a little bit off, yep. um, they're going to be like, oh, look at that pass. Dylan would have made the better pass. That's not necessarily true because right. all quarterbacks miss. Shay Patterson, though, does not miss many throws. In no. fact, he finds the right guy most of the time. Uh, yep. The pass to uh, McEwen on the touchdown oh, throw yeah. was, be- was beautiful. And that's right. one of those passes that you want to take for granted. And if you see it enough, you do take it for granted. Yep. Never take those passes for granted. You, you exactly. Know, you know, just, just high enough to get past the, the linebackers. You know, just on point enough to, to slide it in before any safeties get there. Yep. It was a beautiful pass. You don't take advantage... Uh, you don't wish Taking for anything for else. Granted. Yeah, because yep. we've seen John O'Corn play in this offense. We've seen Lone Spate play in this offense. We've seen Nick Sheridan play in this offense, right? Yep. I mean, like, we went we went a long time without a truly accurate passer. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I he, mean, he showed out. Man. Even our best quarterbacks before, you know, Denard Robinson and whatnot, we haven't had a guy as accurate as Shane in a long, long time. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm encouraged. Yeah, I, I'm I encouraged didn't see too. anything that that thought he would. He has regressed at all. He's he's progressed and he looks pretty comfortable in the offense. So yeah. I'm definitely encouraged. One there. last thing, oh, I'm always very encouraged with Del McCaffrey. Sure. So like I'm I am so excited for him the next two years, right? Yep. Two thoughts: a he kind of runs like a very skinny Andrew Luck. Um, like <laughs> that's that. that's what it reminds me of, and, and you know he broke that collarbone last year yeah. on a run going straight on. Um, was it the Wisconsin game? Maybe um, I can't. I, think so. I can't remember which game, but he does that now, and I'm like, oh, you're so fragile. Please don't. Yeah. Please don't hit him. I I love it though. Like I love it. Yeah, he's deceptively deceptively fast. Man. I mean, for he's a six very six fast. guy, it's it's ridiculous. I will like, say though, my second thought though. So yeah. I'm gonna He's, no, you're good. He's got. I mean, I'm gonna use video game ratings because it's the only like <laughs> that's the only scale I can really. Like, <laughs> I know how to put it on. Yes. He's definitely got like legitimate like 90 speed, but let me tell you what, he's got like 60 agility. I mean, <laughs> that man, he he's a straight line runner. Oh yeah. That guy, that guy cannot cut for anything, and I did, I had never really noticed that until the Middle Tennessee State game. You know that touchdown run. It was a yeah. straight kind of kind of a curve, but also oh, a yeah. straight line, you know, to the yep, right yep. to the pylon. Um, then a couple other runs in the game, he had to kind of maybe be a little shifty. No shiftiness. Yeah. There is yeah, no. there is no shiftiness there. But hey man, he's he's got like ninety three, maybe ninety four acceleration that's to go right. at that speed. He's, so that's all you need. That's all you need. His name is is Dylan, not Christian, right? That's right. That's so, right. So I'll leave Christian to the fantasy football. Game. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right, let's move on now. The quarterback situation is set. It's great. Yep. We have yep. not had a quarterback room like this, you know, since the early 2000s, um, you know, if not before then. So yep. looking at the the halfbacks, the running back situation, I I can't remember a backfield this consistently deep and good, at least from one game as, as this backfield looks. You know, watching... Charbonnet run and watching Christian Turner run. Yep. For me last night felt like the last night, two nights ago, three nights ago now, felt like the turning of a page for Michigan football where Hickton was part of the last guard. Uh, And you saw it on defense too. It's time for new blood to come in and and the names you're used to hearing are not there anymore. Right. Um, 
it showed last night, or <laughs> this is three nights ago, even when we were know. recording. It's it feels like ago. last night. <laughs> I just watched another replay of it today. Charbonnet looks like an NFL prospect as yeah. a true freshman. Christian Turner just looks like a pure athlete uh, in, yeah. in a way that Chris Evans, I love Chris Evans, and I hope he comes back and plays next year. I hope he yeah. earns his way back. He's a shifty guy, but he reminds me of a shifty guy who's like an all-conference performer on a G5 team or mm-hmm. a lower P5 team where like I I never saw him as like the guy on like an elite offense. Yeah. When I look at Christian Turner run, his size and j- just his shiftiness and I look at the way Charbonnet runs and blocks as a true freshman, yeah. those guys remind me of a backfield i would see play for a clemson or an alabama yeah i, I just size wise shiftiness wise the vision charbonnet showed christian turner even just looked like he had the wheels and and kind of he's got a little bulk to him where chris yeah. evans has zero bulk whatsoever right yeah. okay long-winded enough what do you think there steven yeah i think first thing that stood out about the entire group is that they're comfortable with all of them in pass protection, which, <laughs> which I think, is amazing. Yeah. And, and I think I saw it on Twitter. I think Jim Harbaugh said that Charbonnet was nine for nine in pass protection. He opportunities. looked comfortable. That was the thing. Yeah. He looked so comfortable yeah. in pass protection. I couldn't and we, it. yeah, we know going, we knew going into the season, what he would bring as a halfback out of the backfield, uh, as a receiving threat. Um, you know, he always had, he was plotted for his, uh, his vision as a running back, his size and his speed at that large size, 6'2", 225. But uh, pass protection is just not something you see uh, asked of a whole lot of major prospects out of uh, out of high school. So, you know, I, I expected him to be a willing uh, pass block kind of guy because you don't have a physical running back like that. You could tell by his film that he really enjoyed like he didn't shy away from contact right so for him he, to he's a hardball prospect yeah right? like exactly. he's a hardball guy through and through but there's there's a big difference between running the ball and bowling over people and being in pass protection and being up to snuff there you know when there's a blitzing linebacker how are you going to address that and i didn't i, I was hopeful that he would um be uh, you know, he would be assertive. In, yeah, well, just assertive. Oh, okay. in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assertive. And, but the, the question was, how good would he be at identifying where to slot in at pass right. protection? Right. You know, where his decision making there is. And he looked extremely comfortable. He didn't look hurried at all. And then he really delivered a pop. He looked exactly like a linebacker in a running back pass protection situation. So that was phenomenal to not only see his willingness and picking up blitzes or a defensive end off the edge but his um his idea of where he needs to slot in for you know the numbers that middle tennessee state was sending so it was a great opportunity for him to uh to to be tested because middle tennessee state was sending guys all over the place so he had nine opportunities that's awesome for his just experience to build that so for him to do that, and then you know he went eight carries for ninety yards, eleven point three average. So clearly could have had a plus hundred yard day, but I think Michigan's taking the right approach of just get people carries, get them experience, and he got plenty from this game. So encouraged by him all around. I think it 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 led nothing but positive reinforcement to his uh, recruiting rankings. One thing that stood out to me when running 
he would be like held up by a guy and then a safety would come in with a full head of steam and he would still fall forward. I don't think I saw him fall backwards a single time. So, I mean, part of that and part of the reason he committed to Michigan was because of the strength and conditioning program, but that clearly has, has blossomed him into an already conference contending uh, running back. Like he could be the second or third best running back in the big 10, I think this year. Can I tell you who he most reminded me of and I I might get a little flack for this but <laughs> the the player he most reminded me of and even it might even be a combination of two players in my mind and I might be a little off Carlos Hyde is who he reminds me of Carlos Hyde was a little thicker wasn't he I how, how know, Carlos Hyde is a big was a big guy him and Beanie Wells were both bigger but yeah. Charbonnet it might be just the way he wears his pads his pads make him look like a thicker person. That's e- fair. Even if he's not, you know, that way, but but the way he wears his pads, the way he hits people in pass protection, the way he runs and cuts, he, I don't think we've seen a guy as agile as him with the vision, speed, and power. You know, Karan yep. Higdon had the speed, right? Yep. If Karan Higdon picked the right hole, he he had a good chance of breaking it. But yep. he did not have the vision quite that you would want from like an all-American guy. I mean, he was an awesome running back for Michigan. No complaints. Yeah. Um, uh, Derek Smith was a guy, you know, in Harbaugh's first year who had the power but did not really have the speed. Um, or the balance, really. Yeah, or the balance. But he was a really good back. Like, he was a very productive back. But you knew wait, he was da- Wait, Davion Smith or Derek Green? Davion, Davion Smith is what I'm thinking. Davion Smith, Davion Smith okay. is what I'm talking gotcha. about. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, Dar- he did not have the speed. Derek Green does not warrant any discussion in this conversation <laughs> at all. At all. Zero. Um, Davion Smith is the guy. Uh, thank you yeah, for yeah, correcting yeah. me. Um, who, who beat Derek Green, he, yep, even yep. As, as a low-rated guy. Um, and then I even think back to guys like Chris Perry, who had the vision but never had speed. You know, mm-hmm. Like, never had speed. I can't remember the last time we've had a guy at Michigan with that combination of speed and vision, who, who yeah. right away you saw it. You saw power, speed, and vision from a true yep. freshman first game. Yep. Very exciting. And, then, and even True Wilson, you know, he had he had the huge He got pass. demolished. He got he eviscerated. Did, but, but he was right there, man. He And that was a, that was the really good defense. It was a touchdown pass. Linebacker. Well, yeah, it was a touchdown pass, I think, to uh, Tariq Black, the yeah. first one. Um, but that was their really good linebacker, Khalil Brooks, for Middle Tennessee State, who was screaming up the middle. So I, I mean, being eviscerated as a compliment. I oh mean, yeah, he he was eviscerated, and he yet was. he made the block. Right? Made I mean, he's block. like he's what five nine, five ten. He's going up against a six no six two linebacker. That man is five seven, five eight. Don't tell me otherwise. <laughs> There's oh, no sorry, way to I'm talk. talking in terms of like the program heights. Not that true man height, is five you know? seven, five eight. Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, True Wilson. No one really talked about him just because people were either freaking out about True Wilson or, uh, you know, rightfully excited about Charbonnet. But, you know, 11 carries, 49 yards, you know, four four and a half yards per carry, not great. But, again, I see flashes that, that you mentioned as well. He does remind me his running style is very similar to uh, Karan Higdon. I think he's, um, like you said, a, a little athlete, like a, a ball of athleticism there that maybe – Karan's biggest thing was he could really break out of his cuts like really quickly. And I think Christian Turner can do that. And he runs, 
he runs with like ferocity that Charbonnet runs a little bit like smoother, not as much ferocity. If it is, it's like a, a quiet athleticism. Christian Turner's like a little bull. Um, so I don't know. You got, you got three options that I'm confident uh, that it, it alleviated any concerns that we had previously brought up about, you know, a potentially un, uh, you know, unproven running back room. I think, I think we got plenty of options now. Yeah. I might be thinking of Beanie Wells this time at Ohio State. Oh, uh, you could. But I, I do think it's Carlos Hyde. But either one of them would be a fine compare. Like, yeah. if he turns out as good as either one of them. That was just the one thing that struck me, though, is Karan Higdon and Chris Evans never struck me as guys you would see being a one-two punch for a Clemson or an Alabama. I just yeah. never saw it. When I look at Charbonnet and Christian Turner, it, it, it's just a look test, the eye test. Yep. They pass the eye test where it's like we have real we have like real elite college football talent. Yeah. It, uh, with those two guys, I think it's there. That's yeah. really exciting. And that's really one of the major takeaways from the major positive takeaways from that from this game with Mill Tennessee State is the young skill position athletes coming out and and owning the spotlight. Yeah. Taking advantage of the moment. Uh we had some wide receivers that really stuck out and, and performed above expectations. Unfortunately, Ronnie Bell, he got a lot of targets. He wasn't able to come down with, with too many of them. Um, yeah. But he's a guy who's going to get open. I think he's going to have a great year. He's still on my list to be you know the surprise breakthrough candidate this year. Yep. Uh, but Saren's still got a couple of targets. What are your thoughts about the wide receivers there? Yeah, I think, first of all, Trey Blacking, first touchdown, uh, was super awesome to see leading you know, the it, team with 80 yeah, yards receiving four, yeah. four four receptions 80 yards nico collins is right behind him in second uh three receptions 49 yards uh both got a touchdown and yeah so just treat black being able to come come back again from multiple years of injuries and score uh it was great to see he got a couple rpos slants that he looked really smooth on um so he looked like a guy who will be a force this year um i think I think it's super encouraging to have him, especially because Diamond Peoples-Jones is out. Um, so for him to be able to just slot in kind of as that primary receiver is, um, you know, we knew the position group was going to be deep, but he hasn't really been able to prove himself. So he, he you know, shows out again in a game that he's healthy. And then he had the scare where he was cramping at halftime. <laughs> And he went into the locker room, and everyone's like, this is the no. most cursed. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. the most cursed man in football history. So how much talent he just oozes. I know, he man. He just oozes talent. Yeah. And um, a guy who reminds me a lot of him is Cornelius Johnson, the young guy who's also, I think, from Connecticut, who uh, got some run. I actually, he was one of the few guys I was really struggling remembering who he was. I was like, this Johnson. I was like, is that George Johnson, like the other wide receiver? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that yeah. was a that was a common theme a couple times. That you know, I consider myself pretty in tune with the Michigan yeah. roster. It's like these guys that I've forgotten existed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyways, yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah, he showed a couple things. I think uh, there were a couple routes he looked a little uncomfortable on. Like he looked, he looked like a freshman, but he flashed a hands on a low throw from Patterson. I think once. Um, he looked comfortable after the catch. So it's really good to see him kind of establishing himself, I would say, as like maybe the fourth or fifth uh, target. 
Um, like you said, Ronnie Bell uh, had a couple that throws that were right there, you know, like right on his fingertips. Uh, but he was open most of the time. He was right there. So big things from him. Nico Collins is just a tall ent man who can catch everything. Who had his first drop. It was his first career drop uh, this game, which is insane to think about. That is, that is going into his third insane. year. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Sean McCune is who we think he is. Um, you know, smooth touchdown. Um, hey, McCune. It's a deep room. It's a deep room. McCune looked good. They played tight ends way more than... I was worried they might not utilize the tight ends as well as they did. And clearly, yeah. Gaddis is all about the tight ends because they're they're skilled there. Between McEwen and Eubanks, Eubanks saw a lot of the field, which I guess shouldn't be too surprising because he's, I mean, he's just an athlete, right? Yeah. Um, but then you even saw uh, um, Schoomaker, Schoomaker. Yep. yep. I, I saw him on the field a couple of times. I was like, hey, I, I'm surprised to see him get run. Right yeah. now. And then, of course, uh, Eric All got a little run there on the goal line, and he probably won't again this year. But uh, Yeah, he might need a year, but I'm encouraged by that. That's the oh. thing, man. You see all these guys, and you're just encouraged. Like, you can see it. Like, that's that's one thing where most of the time it's like you have to just wait and hope they turn into something. But it's it's shifting really quick where you can – you're seeing it now, and you're like, yeah, this is going to be a guy. Like, this is – we're just getting like a – preview of the Charbonnet, Eric all, you know, we saw some guys, Jackson, we'll talk about him later. I'm sure you're just seeing all these guys who are coming out where it's maybe not their time, but it could be. It's just that we have better guys in front of them right now. The, so okay. it's, so, it's so there, great to see. There are certain seasons and years where the veterans just dominate the box score, you know, mm-hmm. the box sheet, the, the game coverage so well. I mean, thinking of like the year with Jabril Peppers and, Jordan Lewis just dominating on defense. And, and of course, you had Winovich and Rashawn Gary and and Devin Bush, et cetera, et cetera. So we've had so many star athletes the past couple of years, specifically on the defense side of the ball. But even on offense, you know, last year the wide receivers were so set, you know, between Tariq Black, Nico, and DPJ. Uh, Tight ends, McEwen was set in his position. And then running back, you had Chris Evans and you had Karan Higdon just set in the position. Mm Mm-hmm. It's different this year because, I mean, DPJ was out, so that's one thing. Uh, but also, they're going to spread the ball around a lot, which they did last year, but I don't think the, the depth was not quite there yep. like it is now where these young guys are coming in and they're popping. And I, I would I would definitely, into the year, would have thought most of them needed a year of seasoning. Yep. And these guys are coming out ready to play. I mean, I mean, the wide receivers, the running backs, these guys are ready. And it's like, oh, this is interesting. It's a new wave. Of yeah. Wolverines, and and if I almost would have preferred this not be the year, quote unquote, where you have State and Ohio State at home, it, you know, because it seems like there's so much young talent that that like if you gave them a year, this team next year, I mean, this team two years from now, right, might really be something special. Yeah. Um, of course, we're gonna do it this year. I mean, I mean, this is the good year to do it. Because we have all the wide receivers here, you yep. know, DPJ isn't a pro yet. Yep. Uh, you got senior Shea Patterson, et cetera, et cetera. But there are some real young talents that I was not expecting to look as good as they did. Uh, and yep. Speaking of, let's go and transition into the defense there with Giles Jackson. Ooh, we got to talk offensive line. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, who wants to talk real offensive quick. line? All real right, quick, all real right. quick. 
All right. Um, I think main thing, John Runyon Jr. was out at left tackle. You saw Ryan Hayes, the converted uh, tight end, I think. I yeah. might be wrong well, here. Was Ryan, he Ryan Hayes City? is one of those names that's like, Ryan Hayes. Yeah, I, he, came, he came out of nowhere. He won the offensive player of the game for, for Michigan, the award that Harbaugh gives to each side of the ball. He won the offensive award. So do that as a, I believe, redshirt freshman um, who was a tight end out of high school. At a small, uh, I think it had to be Traverse City, St. Francis, I'm pretty sure. But either way, he was a tight end. Um, you know, he, he moved on to the offensive line. What a great find. If he's able to slot in, even against, you know, a, a team with a pulse in Middle Tennessee State, you know, relatively undersized on defensive line, to even just hold your own um, and not be underwater at that stage in your career um at left tackle that alleviates that uh injury to andrew andrew stuber yeah andrew stuber i can say words so i didn't see i, I still need to look at, a, at the offensive line in my uh film analysis but um for him to receive that award i think is is amazing for our offensive line depth and like you said all the all the new guys that you're seeing like a name that you uh you know you remember being like oh he's a project well it, it was one year and he is projecting to be an nfl talent guy already so let me tell you i'm i'm not going to be sold on the offensive line as constructed right now until they play anyone not named middle tennessee state or army i'm a little i'm a little bit bullish on the idea that that harbaugh gave it to hayes as a sort of like encourage we we need these guys to step up let's let's let these guys know that they need to step up as player mm, of the games. I'm going to disagree with you there. Okay, I don't know. Fine. I don't know, man. If if he at left tackle, if you're not doing a decent job, it is glaringly obvious. Right. And, That's true. And, That's true. And I I didn't see it again. There there might be things that come out during film that, uh, you know, it very well could be like that was really impressive to step in and to keep your head above water. You know, maybe he wasn't the best performing, but it could be a just form of encouragement saying like, you know, you weren't expected to start. You came in, did great. Like here's pat on the back, keep going, you know, like, like next year's your time or something. But, um, I didn't see anything negative out of that position, which is usually trending towards positive. Okay. But, that's fair. But that's we'll, fair. we'll, yeah, I'll, I'll probably get to that in my film analysis, well, but if we're going to, if we're going to be encouraged by the offensive line and, and think that maybe Harbaugh's not blowing smoke up, Um, uh, a position groups, but um, I would feel strongly differently about the defensive line, their performance. The transition, I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm (laughs) encouraged by the outside edge rush. Yes. But my gosh, if we have injury, you know, struggles, troubles the entire year at defensive tackle, we are seriously in trouble in the Big Ten. I mean, yep. seriously in trouble. I, I mean, Penn State and Ohio State specifically, but even Maryland is looking competent. Um, you know, Michigan State is terrible on the offensive line, so I'm not too worried there. Um, but, man, we we cannot afford for Donovan Jeter and Dwayne Ford to miss much time this year. It, it yep. just cannot happen at all. Wisconsin will run for 500 yards on us um, if we let them. You know, so so what are your thoughts on the defensive line there, Stephen? Yeah. I caught out uh, Aiden Hutchinson to be a, a big guy, and I think he flashed 
uh, flashed quite a bit. He had a tackle for a loss. He led the defensive line uh, with five total tackles. Had a QB hurry in there as well. So he flashed a lot. Um, Mike Dana, I think, was impressive. In he, his was, first he was start. impressive, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think Dana flashed as much as Hutchinson in terms of pass rush, but I think he's a good rotational piece that will provide a really um, steady depth on the defensive end position there. Um, uh, Uche was so close on a couple sacks. I think there were three where the quarterback somehow found a way to dump the ball off in the flat uh, or to a running back out of the backfield. So um, Uche, I think we just need him to get him on the field a little bit more. Technically, he's not, you know, he's more of a Sam linebacker, not, not really a defensive end, but uh, you know, he's always in the pass rush up near the line of scrimmage. So I still kind of see him in that mold. And then Quiddy pay looks, looks adequate. You know, I, I don't think he had a standout game, but I didn't notice anything he was doing poorly. I think he's uh, shown he's up for, you know, a more, um, a more fully uh, full capacity load this year. Uh, as a starter, but then yeah, Ben Mason, oof, not not great. I mean, it's his first start at defensive tackle. He's still super small for the position. I mean, but... I mean, just the fact that you have Ben Mason starting at defensive tackle is, I mean, is genuinely concerning on the level of, you know, Rich Rod starting a walk on at safety. Uh, you know, Brady Hoke recruiting one offensive lineman. Uh, yep. You know, or maybe it was Rich Rod, I think, that may recruit one of its alignment and then and paying those, you know, uh, penance for years yeah. down the road. Starting Ben Mason defensive tackle is trouble. It is like a glaring red, like, holy cow, this is really not good if this does not get figured out, which apparently it will be. You know, Diamond Jeter should be back. Yep. Um, but especially, I mean, you don't want to rely on on Mozzie who did not get in the game or Chris Hinton who barely got in the game. Yeah, uh, they're not re- they're they're not ready. They're very much not ready. Well, it's hard it's hard to say right because Ben Mason, if there's ever a game for him to really get a lot of run, it's against a supremely undersized, um, you well, know, group group next of five week offensive Army line. Will be awesome. Well, yeah, that's that's not the time to start to start him right, but you don't want to risk any further injury to Jeter or Dwum for. Um, so like I get it right, but oh, you I'm, hit... say, I'm saying Ben Mason might thrive next week against Army. Oh, you think I, I think I think that's the time one. to start him because he he can get underneath the cut blockers, you know, yeah, you know, the triple option. That that's the time to start him. But, but and save Drum Fort and and save Jeter. Yeah, I, I guess I'm thinking that Army is just pounding the ball all over the place, and Ben Mason was put on his back quite a bit. If you're consistently doing that against Army, you're gonna get gashed up the middle and mill mill tennessee state kind of understood they didn't have an offensive line to churn out any yards up the middle so they didn't really they didn't really try it could work ben mason is you know he's a quicker guy so maybe he will have uh you know he could very well match sort of the uh the athletes on the offensive line for me i like the idea i saw on twitter of just lining him up five yards three yards behind the line of scrimmage and, and just have him charge at the offensive line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the, just a fullback. Just give him a running start there. That's yeah, right. that's right. But um, but yeah, Kemp was kind of like I, I didn't see him a whole lot. I don't think I didn't. Again, a thing where if you don't notice anything, he's probably doing his job. But he didn't seem disruptive. Uh, so maybe a little disappointing there. But he didn't do poorly. So yeah, health needs to come back. Um, and that's right now the biggest question mark. 
on the on the entire team i would say oh yeah i would say so i would say so i i think i don't need to pile on the defense line anymore we just desperately need jeter and Dwarf yeah we need bodies I mean, yeah bodies. bodies point blank um moving on from the defensive line though i think linebacker play was was pretty good i have no complaints yeah. uh you know we're not gonna have devin bush you know so we're, we're not gonna have anyone i don't think make the plays that make them show replays three different times and be like oh my gosh that was so beyond amazing this guy's clearly a top 10 pick but, yep. but joshua ross did it did a good job i mean he, I mean, did. he did a very good job um and being a B plus to Devin Bush's A plus is yes. perfectly competent, right? That's a yes. perfectly acceptable thing. Um, Kalik Hudson, you know, led the team in tackles. He looked good. I mean, he was one of those. He's the guy that's going to be like, if he makes an amazing play, they're going to let you know. Yep. Um, it's just weird that that we're at this point. You know, his final season. I, I'm just a little sad more than anything. He, he's one of my all time favorite Michigan yeah. football players. Um, but. Unless you have anything else to say, I would like to move on to the defensive backfield and, and spend the last 10 minutes or so raving, drooling. Yeah, yeah real quick on line, linebackers. Jordan Glasgow got the start at will. Linebacker, two sacks. Uh, he looks like he bulked up a bit. He looks like he, uh, the strength and conditioning really did well for he him. He looks like a scholarship. More, like yeah, time. more like a linebacker than a, than a Viper, I would say, at this point. Um, still undersized, but... For him to to show out, that, that's that's really impressive. We we really needed Graham Glasgow to start reproducing about ten years ago, <laughs> so we, we can have another Glasgow. Get him more, the just yes, just an unlimited number of them. Keep them flowing. <sighs> but yeah, so I'm encouraged. Linebacker group overall. It Great. is it is truly amazing that all three Glasgows have the same story of not really yeah. playing football until college, and and all of a sudden like morphing into University of Michigan. Guys players Stand contributors yeah. yeah yeah i mean like that's just truly unbelievable yeah um okay let's move to the defensive backfield though because ulcerative colitis does not bring every Thomas down apparently yeah uh, everyone I, should do it everyone I, try it i had a witty i i was trying to think of something witty to say but i don't like that's <laughs> genuinely just unbelievable i mean yeah like, unbelievable that he was even playing in the first place i chalked exactly. it up to a lost season from a week and a half ago yeah um he had yeah, an interception. We like, he looked good. He he didn't look he didn't look frail. He didn't look fragile. No. He looked like Ambry Thomas. Right? Yep. Yeah, Ambry Thomas like 2.0 really cuz he did look he looked like what Vincent Gray and we'll talk about him in a bit. He looked what like what Vincent Gray looks now. He looked like that last year. Just like kind of a spindly guy. Um you know, always fast, but it, it looks like this is the year he, he really bulked up even with colitis that he was battling against. And like you said, he had he had a he had a tackle for loss. He had a fumble recovery, interception. Um, man, that was that was really encouraging. Like you said, we were doubtful if we would get him halfway through the season, if at all. And then I think we were seeing a, a bit more optimism that we would get him after the bye week, um, maybe into the two deep. And then he's just out there. It's just like, and and he's he he won the defensive player of the game from Harbaugh. Uh, so it's like, man. Can can everyone get that? Can like, what sort of magic is is colitis that can help you turn into this player? So I mean, that alleviates so many concerns yeah. for corners that we were talking about over and over, and I think rightfully so. So for him to be not only back, but like you said, making an impact, winning MVP of the game for the defensive side, that's awesome. 
Well, he, he for him to play as well as he did, and then and then Vincent Gray to play as well as they did. Yeah, Lavert Hill. You know, he, obviously he had the muffed punt and he had the, <laughs> he had the dropped interception. Yeah. Um, but I mean, his coverage, you know, was fine. He he had an absolutely fine night, perfectly fine yeah. night. Um, yep. minus those two plays, which I you know, would never expect that to happen again. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, just one of the, one of those things, right? Just one of those nights. Yep. It's like he muffs the punt and then he wants to do good. He wants to make up for it so badly that he tries too hard. Yep. And, and there's a reason why he's a defensive back in the first place, you know, to start, right? right? Yep. Um, yeah, between yeah. him, Ambry, and and uh, Vincent Gray, it seems like we have our corners, you know, you know, health willing. Uh, we yep. have the guys. Um, Vincent Gray looks like a like a young Jordan Lewis. Yeah. Right. I like, couldn't. Like, I couldn't believe his ability, but tall. He's like six one, like six foot six one. Right, he's just so scrawny. I think. I think like he is. When I think about like freshman Jordan Lewis height. I am not thinking about height, but just Jordan sure. Lewis was a scrawny kid. Like yep. I mean, I never thought he was going to be much at Michigan. He was so scrawny. Um, yep. And then he became Jordan Lewis. But Vincent Gray, I think it doesn't help. He definitely had the baggy long sleeve shirt on. Did he not? That's fair. Yeah, That's fair. That does so. not help yeah, at all. <laughs> Uh, but I'll yeah, tell you, the, the bullet hit, let's talk about it. The hit yeah. at the goal line, that was like a welcome, you know, welcome to the University of Michigan, sir. Like, you yeah. are on the map, my friend. Yeah. That, that was I, pretty I think, incredible. I, I think the play was there were two out, outside wide receivers. He was on the outermost wide receiver, and he was either a guy in jet motion or a running back out of the backfield that was doing sort of just a flat route, just kind of a, like, run down the line of scrimmage while the two outside linebackers kind of ran inside to set picks. So the goal was to get both Vincent Gray and probably Brad Hawkins, I think was also on coverage on the outside wide receivers to follow those guys on their um, inside crack blocks or, you know, just pick routes you could say. And Vincent Gray not only kept his eyes on the play, recognized the guy uh, coming into the flat. So he disengaged from his guy onto the actual playmaker and then just delivered a hit, like you said, and he depleted him. I mean, he, he it was like a, you could hear the pop from uh, the broadcast. So that's another thing to similar to what I was saying about Charbonnet earlier, where you were hearing a lot of hype about him. And my head just goes to coverage skills, you know, like he's fast enough. He's got technique down, you know, his head's in the game. You don't expect the run support like like, man, that's such a welcome surprise. And he was kind of a late addition, you know, out of Rochester Adams, uh, three-star. No one was really talking about him, and we desperately needed a third corner. Um, yeah, just unbelievable. Yeah. Great, great plays. Thank, I mean, thank goodness he was a late addition to the class. I mean, yeah. thank yeah. goodness. It's like we, we had this discussion a few weeks ago where if you have to choose between like a, uh, you know, a five-star who has all of the athletic, you know, Intan- not intangibles, the measurements. Yeah. Um, but but has limited game experience versus the three star who has all the game experience and limited, uh, you know, measurables. You yep. kind of almost want to take the three star because they're just players, right? And, and at a certain point, you just want to fill your roster up with the players. And Vincent Gray is one of those guys who just plays. You know, he he's just a natural football player. Yeah. Um, it seems like he's a star, you know, in waiting yeah. now, Michigan, which is really nice to have. I mean, really nice. We'll have to see to be determined against more elite wide receivers. Um, yeah. 
I, I want to see more from uh, DJ Turner. I don't think we really got to see him much at all. The the late touchdown, unfortunately, against uh, Jalen Kelly Powell. So that was like the fourth cornerback. Um, looks like the speed just wasn't there. So I think I think it's a pretty steep drop off after our first three. So it's still, to me, probably the second Ooh. second dodgiest uh, position group. Yeah, on that the team. that backup position group did not yeah. did not acquit themselves. Yep. At the end of the game, at all, at yep. all. I'm I'm happy. Brad Hawkins seems like he's working yeah. out. Yeah, um, he was flying around. He, yeah. he was doing he's doing pretty well. And then. Um, Hudson, you could kind of put as a safety. You talked about him already, and Metellus didn't really seem tested. I didn't see anything. Which I'll tell too you bad. is good because this team. I mean, their their offense coordinator Kirk Franklin, he has his own academy of spread offensive, you know, system. Uh, he he runs camps where he teaches high school teams how yep. to run the offense, uh, spread offense. So. For them, the only ways they really scored were off of Michigan tur- turnovers. Exactly, right? yeah. And that's a really, really, really positive sign. Uh, because a team like that who runs a spread offense like that, you would really expect to put up more points or more yards at the very least. Yeah. Uh, and they, they really, really did not do that. I mean, save for one yard pass. Yeah. I mean, if you take that pass away, they held you know Middle Tennessee State to about 150 yards, 160 yards passing total. Yep. Uh, which is amazing considering the offense that they do run. Um, yep. And, and a lot of passes were at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So they they didn't really test, uh, you know, the downfield coverage. So I think that's still to be determined to yeah. see. And how, we're not going to find performs. out about. No. We're not going <laughs> to find out much against the Army about the the downfield coverage there. No. But I think it was really good to put on film. Um, all of the screens, all of the motion, it looked like an Ohio State less or like a flavor of Ohio State. That was the kind of vibe I got from the offense. Um, minus sort of the, you know, inside running, Middle State knew that that's not what they could do, but they did a lot of screens, right? A lot of misdirection, a lot of things to get the ball out quick uh, to their athletes. Um, and I think there's a lot of work to be done still there. I mean, it, it was pretty effective. I, I caught myself being frustrated quite a bit that uh, it seemed like we were giving five yards on screens. You know, they had three guys out in trips, and Michigan only had sometimes two guys over that. So a screen pass, you know, went for six or seven yards uncontested until a safety could come over. But, but I mean, overall, it's a great game to have on film. Like you said, take out that, that garbage time TD uh you know, they had 67 yards rushing. That would have been 160 yards passing. That's that's a good game against a competent group of five team that could very well win the conference uh, USA this year. I mean, they so. looked impressive. I, I would chalk them up to at least making a bowl game this year. I mean, just what, oh, yeah. what they showed against Michigan was definitely competent at the very least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so let's let's move to special teams. I, I only want to spend one or two minutes on special yeah. teams. But A, Levert Hill muffed a punt. I don't expect that to continue. B, yep. we had a ton of kick return. I mean, we had young kick returns. Like, Jalos Jackson, is he playing offense or defense? He's he's on the offense side of the ball, right? He's is offense. It, I, don't, I don't think we saw him in any offensive that's, formations. It's weird to me that we didn't see him on the offense, but we saw him returning kicks, punts. Yep. Um, but he is as agile as advertised, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he is like, he is the real deal with the ball in his hands. Yeah. I just almost wonder if, like, if they're gonna try him out on defense if he didn't see the the field at all, uh, because he just looked explosive 
with the ball in his hands. Yeah, yeah, I, I would keep him on offense. Um, it seems like all the St. Ristol hype kind of has, has shifted over to him because we didn't see a whole lot of St. Ristol. I think a, a few offensive series he he came in. Yeah, to to be got, fair, we are super yeah. deep at wide receiver. I mean, like, yeah, exactly. stupidly deep. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be interesting. But like you said, man, he, he is – like you blink and you miss a cut and he is like five yards away. I don't know. He – yeah, he, he is the guy on kick return, and I would like to see him at punt return too. I mean, again, oh, yeah. there's a there's a lot of difference between kick return and punt return well, if I, you can't yeah if you can't cleanly catch a ball. Um, reading you know, be- on, on punts. That's reading scary. between the lines with Harbaugh, it sounds like Josh Jackson has some serious ball ball security issues. Oh. Um, his press conference, he was talking. You know, the main thing Josh Jackson was working. You know, the main thing we told Giles Jackson before the game was to just hold the ball in a secure position. You know, basically it sounded like they told him do not fumble. Whatever you do, do not fumble the ball. Uh, yeah. So, so it sounds like maybe that might be the thing holding him back from seeing the field on offense. Uh, sure. I mean, because you know, even with that in the back of his mind, he just I tell you between him, him especially, plus Christian Turner, plus Charbonnet, three of them specifically, just look like. NFL the talent. Future. You know, they, the they, future. <laughs> they look like they look like the guys you would really want to see at Clemson or at Alabama yep. or at Oklahoma. And I don't know if it's specifically because of the spread offense. You know, maybe we put them in a little bit more space than we would otherwise would, or we just got them the ball when we otherwise would not be able to. They just yeah. look different. You know, this team just looks a little different. And and with a little bit of refining, um, I I'm just so excited. And I want to shift that into my final point, but I have to say, Moody as a kicker is like I'm not gonna jinx anything, man. But that I just I I can't remember the last time I felt so secure about him uh, a kicker. Yeah. He's just he's just so accurate. And if he starts messing up, it's really nice to know we have a competent, if not erratic, backup kicker. Right. I mean he's got the boot, right? So yeah. at any point if there's a sixty yard field goal and Moody is hurt, how many teams can say that you have a competent uh, guy? Nevada who, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah apparently right. uh, how do how do you get a a, how do you get a walk-on backup kicker who can kick a ball 55 yards? I don't know how it's possible. I, genuinely, I don't know how it's possible because yeah. college teams need kickers so bad. How, right. how do you fall between the cracks like that? But congrats to know. that kid on beating Purdue with a 55-yard field goal. No, 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 not not for. Oh wait. Yeah, Nevada. Wait, wait, wait. Nevada beat. Nevada Purdue. beat Purdue. I was thinking of Georgia State. Yeah, I can't believe Nevada won. But yeah. I was thinking of Georgia State beating. Uh, the, if people if people Beating don't know Tennessee. what we're talking about, if people don't know what we're talking about, Nevada on Thursday night beat Purdue on a walk off field goal. Yes. Their backup kicker came in and kicked a fifty five yard field goal. Yeah. As a true freshman walk on, true yep. freshman walk on. Did you see the locker room after the game? The they game a scholarship. The head right? coach gave him the game ball and said, "You've just earned a scholarship." I yeah, mean, that's badass. I don't man. I don't know how you do that because I would think you have enough scholarships. You're at you're at your cap before the season starts. But right. They'll, they'll find a way. I, and they yeah. should find a way. I mean, I'm all yeah. for that, you know. Take the yep. infraction or whatever. Yep. Um, <laughs> I mean, do it for that. That is so cool. That was such yeah, a cool He deserved story. it. He deserved totally, it. Totally. Totally. Uh, we really suck as if the, the first string kicker lost his scholarship, you know, because of that. The Dude, teams. if – no, they can't do <laughs> no, that. No, they can't do no, that no, to no. him. And they shouldn't. Um, no. Also, though, shout out to my mom's alma mater for beating the University of Tennessee – Oh, a Georgia State Panther. My mom okay. is a Georgia State Panther. Although when she was nice. at school there, they did not have a football team. Um, oh, interesting. So she did. She had no idea they had athletics in general. 
until until we saw them in the NCAA tournament a few years ago. Oh wow! Just pretty funny. Well, apparently Georgia State didn't know that they had an athletic program either because <laughs> they paid them they paid them a million dollars or nine hundred fifty thousand dollars to come play at Tennessee Stadium and uh and, and give them a a big fat loss That's right. in the first game of the season. Enjoy I them. I hate Tennessee, so I'm I'm happy. About it's funny. That. It's like Michigan and Tennessee kind like. Michigan, Tennessee, and Nebraska all have very similar trajectories. You know, yeah, a little bit. Arcs yeah. up until Harbaugh got to Michigan and Scott Frost got to Nebraska maybe changes the game for them. And yeah. one day John Gruden will come to Tennessee and save <laughs> all of them, which will be hilarious. That'd be kind of fun. That'd be kind of fun. It would be fun. It would be such a train wreck the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch Hard Knocks to... Yeah. Um, okay, let's let's wrap this up, Stephen. I'll uh, give you like thirty seconds, a minute. Final thoughts. Give me what you got. Yep, yep. Shea Patterson's guy moving forward. If you're booing him, do not do so. Um, uh, Gaddis threw a lot out there to test. This week will be the biggest test in him as being an offensive coordinator to tailor down on the frippery stuff. Uh, don't put both quarterbacks on the field at the same time. So this week, um, I expect a much more dialed back sort of directional offensive plan of attack but i'm encouraged by everything i see there we won't know kind of where we're at with either the offense or defense until the wisconsin game that'll be the the biggest test of where we're at in terms of conference hopes uh but overall everything seems on track it's it's encouraging and the freshman i think is most exciting part of this team i agree the the freshmen look amazing Uh, i'm just so encouraged by the future tony yep if you're gonna be negative now you might as well call it a season seriously we've yeah. had we've had too many <laughs> years where where things end in disappointment if you're not gonna be happy during the first four or five weeks of the season before the first loss I mean, this time last year we were already zero and one right yeah and that was pretty deflating so so if you're yep. not going to enjoy it and understand that it's gonna be a little rough to start i mean just don't yep. don't even watch football, right? And, yep. and if you've listened to you. this far in the podcast, you're not one of those guys. Be exactly. positive. It's, it's, it's a time to be positive and celebrate. We get 13 of these a year. 13. Yeah, we're back. We're back. Enjoy it while you can. It'll be gone again soon. That's right. 13 is not a lot, you know? You no. Know, 365 days is not enough. Not enough. Yep. Yep. You know, hopefully all things go right. You get 16 of them, right? That's there the you goal. go. That's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> but well, there's no use in ruining it if they don't right so yep that'd be my main thing just enjoy it enjoy the imperfections that's i think too many people dream about the perfect season and as soon as it's not the quote-unquote perfect season as as soon as we're not beating team 79 to 3 like james franklin (laughs) likes to do on on sisters of the poor right um people the sky is falling otherwise yeah so it's time to enjoy it it is beautiful it's beautiful yep Yep. beautiful game with, with the most passionate coach who loves his university more than any other head coach loves their university in the entire that's nation it. that's it it's time it's michigan football time it's time to enjoy it so well we got it enjoy it and we have two all-conference quarterbacks genuinely we do we do, we do. i mean i'm ready for it man i know all right steven that was a good podcast you can find steven on twitter at steven toski find me on twitter at david arnold mi you know, follow Garrett and the MGO Fish website at MGO Fish. Uh, you know, click on the website, whatever, you can find us there. Um, hopefully, we'll have a game preview up with, with someone from Army this week. Uh, maybe another podcast with Stephen, too, hopefully. And we'll check you guys later. Go Blue.
Go blue.